You're listening to Grant Edwards, 88.1 FM, The Wireless, The World at Five. They have no idea, and I was, I was talking about that the other day. Someone said, oh, we're in the matrix, you know, we're trying to help these people. They're our enemy, but we're trying to help them, you know, the, the blue pill or the red pill, that sort of thing, the matrix. But I think really the matrix is just what Jesus said. It is uh, the mystery of iniquity. He says the mystery of iniquity doth already work. And I think people, unless you're a Bible-believing, unless you're saved by believing that Jesus Christ died on that cross 2,000 years ago, once and for all, he died, was buried, and rose again three days later, unless you believe that, and that he did it for you to save you because we've broken the laws. But he came, he came and kept them, kept them all for us. And all we have to do is put out our faith and trust that his blood was so precious and so powerful and so, um, well, amazing, really, just uh, pure that is able because he was the Lamb of God. And the Old Testament talks about the, the Jews offering the lambs for the sins of the people. And Jesus was called the Lamb of God, the final sacrifice. That's why he said it's finished on that cross. It is finished. And so he laid down his life for us. And if you believe that, that and you don't have to keep the Ten Commandments, you will anyway, probably, accidentally, uh, you'll keep them. But um, that's the old law. But the new covenant is his blood. The new covenant in the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. That's what the Bible says. And I believe it. And it sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? Blood, you know, with blood. Oh, yeah, yeah, the blood of Christ. Yeah, and, you know, then the Catholics get in and absolutely pollute it because they think they've got this thing called transubstantiation where they believe that the priest, who's, you know, probably a homosexual, <laughs> homosexual, um, you know, drunken Priest, and I've heard stories of them. Who was sent me? I think Matt. I think Matt was talking about that yesterday. Sent in this text. I'll have a look at that. And uh, so they'd be there blessing you. And um, anyway, the ple- so they believe that the priest. They believe that the the wine is magically turned into the real blood of Jesus, which is an absolute abomination, because um, you know. Jesus said, this is my body, which he had the bread, but he wasn't. He was standing in his body, so the bread couldn't have been his body. He was there in human form. He's saying, do this in remembrance of me. So you have that in remembrance. It's a token to remind us that bread and the wine, we all get together as often as we meet, the Bible says, and we have some, we don't have a pagan wafer, which the pagans used to have, if you follow that book by, um, what's his name, um, uh, Hislop. Uh, the two Babylons, you can see that that's what the ancient Babylonians did. They had they used to sacrifice their gods, do the same thing. It's just it's nonsense. So what's happened is the devil has counterfeited true biblical Christianity. He's counterfeited with the Roman Catholic system of religion. And so anyway, transubstantiation, they uh, turn the body, the, the bread is magically transformed, transubstance, transubstantiation into the a real body of Christ. And so they do it every day. Yet the Bible says complete opposite. And the, and the, they, they, they have the Bible. But they never, you never see them walking to church carrying a Bible, do, do you? You don't see that these days. And that's because people, Christians have gone away. And well, uh, there are Christians in the Catholic Church. I know that because the Bible tells me, it says, come out of her, my brethren. He's talking about Revelation 17 or 18, somewhere there, the whore of Babylon, because that's what the Babylonian goddess worship is, the Babylonian religion. Babylonian, that's one of the beasts spoken of in Revelations. The other beast is the political beast. Now, these Seventh-day Adventists, they don't believe this. They think Babylon is America uh, because they like to spiritualize everything. That's the only way they can make it fit. 
you know, when they talk about the law, they say, oh, that's the old ceremonial law. They separate it between the uh, Ten Commandments. But no, no, that's not what Paul was talking about at all. And uh, But that's the only way they can do it. And they, they don't believe the Bible. They read it. They use it. I've got a friend. He even uses the King James Bible. But it's all his thinking, his, his actual thinking. When he sees those paragraphs there and he reads those paragraphs, he's actually... Th- um, He's, it's, he's actually, it's being filtered through Ellen G. White's teachings and all the books that they read, and they fill their minds with all this, this uh, false prophetess from the 19th century, Ellen G. White. You know, um, I can't remember about her. She, I mean, she writes some quite good stuff, but she's, you know, first of all, she's a woman there, and, uh, you know, what's she doing um, in there instructing, you know, usurping the authority of men? And, uh, but that's, that's, you know, the Bible says, no, no, women will be silent in the church, but there she is taking the church. So there, straight away, you know, it's a, you know, they're on, they're on shaky ground, don't they? So that's them. Transubstantiation. So we sort of moved around a bit. I haven't done anything. Gosh, just been yapping all morning. Two minutes too. I think yeah, two minutes too. Look, I better whip over, and we don't want to. I don't want to miss out on um, uh, going taking the TNT Radio News. Now they were two minutes late, so I better do a refresh. I wonder if I can do a refresh on that. Hopefully, I'll, do, I'll refresh it, and then hopefully, um, this is what it's like. I'll just flick it over for those people that are on Rumble. If there's anyone there, that's what I'm. That's what it's like when you refresh it. Take it'll take a while. Oh, look at it. Oh, it doesn't look very good. I better go back. Uh, hang on, how do I refresh that? Oh, so when you refresh it, now I've got to reset everything, do I? Oh, I don't know. It doesn't look very good. Oh, no, it's all out of it's all out of kilter now. Oh, what did you do that for? Oh, look, I'll, um, well, news is coming up anyway, so what will we do? What will we do? We'll go back to that other turntable. I think I've got a wonderful new invention here, and I learned this back when I was desktop publishing, when I had a publishing business, and uh, it's Alt-Tab. Now, for those of you who have got windows open all over the place and you lose them and don't know where they are, you hold your thumb on the alt key. I mean, probably this is old news for most of you. And then you just hit with one of the other keys, your index finger or your middle finger, just hit the tab button and it will just go from one window to the next. And then you just let the alt one go when you arrive where you want to be. Okay, look, here's MacArthur. Yes, oh, look, we've only got 30 seconds and I don't know if I've got time to play all of this one. Um, I've got a shorter one. Maybe. Oh, well, this is um, John MacArthur. He's a Christian as well. We are hated. This is the most offensive claim that can be made in the realm of religion. Here it is. There is only one God, one Savior, one true religion, one holy book, one gospel, one way of salvation. All other religious claims are lies, deceptions, doctrines of Satan and demons that lead people to eternal hell, along with all the immoral, irreligious, atheistic, hedonistic, naturalistic unbelievers. It just happens to be the truth. That is the exclusive truth of Christianity. Even within the professing church, any deviation from the true gospel of grace is a damning lie to be cursed. Yeah, John MacArthur there. I don't agree with everything that he says, John MacArthur. Um, I don't think he believes the Bible like I believe. I don't think he believes there is a perfect English translation. Because I believe that the King James Bible, the one that was the autographs, which has been autographed, that's where we get that from, the original, which has been lost in perpetuity. No one knows where it is. It's gone. 
you know, those first writings are all scripted, weren't they? The scripture. And um, so no one knows. But I believe that that was inspired, that God has preserved his words in English, because I believe that uh, we are the the European empire, which the Antichrist is going to be ruling from where it is that he rules it from. I would say, well, we know the Bible tells us that he moves his headquarters to Jerusalem. That's why Jerusalem is so important, folks. And he's going to use the Roman Catholic Church to help him get there. And of course, the, the, the Jews aren't very happy about it. But the Roman Catholic Church is all over um, Israel, all over Jerusalem there. And I, I just deluded, I suppose. But um, he will use uh, the Roman Catholic Church to get to power, a bit like Adolf Hitler. That's what he did. Uh, there were a lot of um, priests that were S in the SS. Did you know that? I think all of the SS, um, Hitler's SS, I think pretty much they're pretty much all Roman Catholic. So there you are. Uh, and really, and a lot of people believe, and I think I'm inclined to believe uh, that this is true, that they. Um, uh, Oh gosh, I'm a bit dist- a bit distracted because I haven't done this before with TNT, you know, doing the video thing. So um, I'm I'm watching them there. You keep an eye on them for me, will you? Up the top right hand screen if you're over on Rumble. Um, yeah. Um, so yes, he he. I, a lot of people believe that the Roman Catholics uh, that the that Hitler. Oh, here we are. We're going across to news now. That's it. We're in now. Boom! I'll put the put the power on. Yep. Recapping some of the news that shaped the past week, I'm Matt Boyland. A woman who accused former US President Donald Trump of sexually assaulting her without proof and was then awarded $83 million after suing him for denying the claims admitted she's on a mission to ruin his chances of ever becoming president again. Without offering any evidence to back up her claims, E. Jean Carroll accused Trump in 2019 of sexually assaulting her in a department store dressing room over 20 years earlier. But she was unable to recall the day, month, year or season that the alleged assault took place and her story was incredibly similar to a 2012 episode of Law & Order which featured a rape fantasy at the same department store. I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not I think most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Trump has never been tried or convicted of the allegations, and when he publicly denied the claims, Carol sued him for calling her a liar, claiming he had ruined her reputation as a trusted columnist. I have no idea who this woman... This is a fake story, made-up story. I have no idea who the hell... She's a whacker. Friend of deceased prolific pedophile Jeffrey Epstein and Democrat mega-donor Reid Hoffman helped bankroll the lawsuit against Trump, the ex-commander-in-chief slamming Friday's verdict, which he said was part of a political witch hunt and vowed to appeal the decision. Meanwhile, E. Jean Carroll has since embarked on a media blitz, sitting for multiple television interviews, where she revelled in her win and vowed to do whatever she could to ensure President Biden beats Trump in November. Who can conceive of $83 million? I am a mere human. Uh, I thought asking for $24 million was way over the top. I'd like to give the money to something Donald Trump hates, perhaps a fund for the women who have been sexually assaulted by Donald Trump. Have you heard from Joe Biden's campaign arm about potentially campaigning against the former president, Donald Trump? No. Are you interested in doing so? Do anything I can. 
That's a yes. Also this week, the White House press secretary came under fire, ridiculed online after declaring three US soldiers killed in last Sunday's drone strike in the Middle East had died fighting for the Biden administration rather than for the country they serve. Speaking with MSNBC on Monday, the press secretary struggled to string a coherent sentence together as she tried offering her condolences to the families of those killed, seemingly insulting Americans. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave uh, three brave, uh, three brave of uh, three folks who are on drugs. who are military folks who are brave who She's are always fighting who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people obviously more so more importantly and in a sign of his plummeting popularity Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese received a frosty reception <clears throat> at the Australian Open tennis tournament he's, in Melbourne a fifteen thousand strong crowd a erupting commie. into a deafening boo Shh. that echoed throughout the stadium as the Labour leader was introduced. The Australian Prime Minister, the Honourable Anthony Albanese. The Deputy Victorian Premier, the Honourable Ben Carroll. Thank you. The icy welcome coming just days after the Prime Minister broke an election promise by halving tax cuts to high income earners in favour of boosting cuts for middle and low income workers. This has been Matt Boyland with your weekly news wrap. I'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. Thanks, Matt. This is a TNT Radio Encore. With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to TNTradio.live. Wow, that's amazing. I just think uh, they're amazing. Now, right now, if you want to go over to TNT Radio, uh, you can find them at tntradio.live, and we've got Mark Morano. Mark Morano, as he says. I've got something from Mark Morano. Uh, should we, we have a quick listen, just see what they sound like? Have, have a listen. We are going to take a good examination, a deep dive back into the Mark Stein, Michael Mann climate trial of the century today. Uh, and I actually got a chance to go down to the D.C. courthouse. Uh, I was down there for the preliminary hearing. I went down to see also the other, last week to see Michael Mann in person uh, being on the witness stand for a little bit of a while. And of course, you can't, again, you can't film inside. So what I did, uh, I want to just show you my introduction. This is me, clip two, at the D.C. Superior Court where the climate trial of the century is taking place where Michael, Michael Mann is suing Mark Stein for defamation of Watch this for a second, eh? Yeah. A bit slow. Yeah, it's a bit slow. We might come back to that anyway. Okay, it's uh, coming up to uh, seven minutes past six. And uh, yeah, so look, I'd highly advise you, if you want to know what's going on in this country, if you're here in New Zealand and you want to know what's happening, just don't, don't even bother reading the papers. I mean, I look at them and I read them for one reason only. I read them so that I can, I can share with my listeners the the spin the the uh, the fake stream media and that's what it is they're spinning everything why because they got paid a lot of money and we'll find out a bit about that from Samantha Edwards a little bit uh, further uh, as we go into the program this morning let's look at weather shall we first of all and uh, no I haven't been haven't been able to find you have you haven't been able to find those um, forecasts but we'll do that we'll get organised uh, and we'll give you some marine forecasts. Uh, but right now, the extremes, we've got Christchurch and the Port Hills. It's still very warm, the 18.8 degrees at the moment. Hamilton's still the lowest. Were they the lowest before? I can't remember. It's normally Twizel, isn't it? Or somewhere like, uh, somewhere like um, 
uh, Omarima, which is in Mackenzie country, and that gets down to minus 9, minus 10 in the winter. And they actually had one of the highest temperatures uh, this summer. So it's an incredible place, New Zealand. I love my country. I just hate the fact that the globalists are using New Zealand as a guinea pig country. Uh, Barry Smith used to teach us this. He used to say, we are the guinea pig country here in New Zealand. We're going to be uh, really uh, big in pine trees and in tourism. They are, that's what we've been chosen to do. We're in, I think we're called zone in the, the globalists. They've, they've put the whole world in zones. I think we're zone 10 uh, from memory, I'm going back to the late 80s here, listening when I used to go and listen to Barry. He's a lovely man. He was such a nice guy and such a funny, funny person, just brilliant. And he knew my Uncle Ernie and uh, apparently he had he held him in high, in high regard, Ernie Edwards. But, but I heard a story about my Uncle Ernie. Uh, he might not have been as uh, or as wonderful, you know, wonderful Christian as we all thought he was. Uh, my sister was telling me, uh, but I can't go into it. But it wasn't it wasn't all that nice. And you know, uh, the Bible does say all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. <laughs> but when you're a Christian, uh, you're supposed to live a little bit different. There's supposed to be a change in us, isn't there? A an a, a, an outward change of our inward belief. And so we're not trying to keep the Ten Commandments. We're just trying to, we're, the Bible says in, um, I think it's in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 1 and 2, it says we live by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's, that's how we live. That's what we're supposed to do. And the only way we can really uh, cleanse ourselves every day is to read the Bible every day. And that's, now look, I've got to confess, that's something that I don't do every day. I shouldn't leave the house. I think it's Ray Comfort. He said he doesn't leave the house until he's had his had had his meal, and he's talking his spiritual meal. He has his breakfast every morning, and we always do that, don't we? We always eat something. So we're worried about our body, worried about it, and instead of worrying about our uh, spiritual growth. And the only way to grow, there's no good going to church and listening to some guy parroting, you know, stuff over the... And because he, they use the Bible, but then they teach falsehoods, don't they? You've heard them. And the only way you can check on them is to be like the Bereans, Paul said these are more noble than them in Thessalonica and that they receive the word with all readiness of heart or something like this is Grant's, uh, Grant's memory uh, of that verse. They received the, what Paul was saying to them, uh, but then they went and, ch- and checked the scriptures. That's the Old Testament because they have the New Testament then. Uh, they checked to see if what even Paul, the apostle, was saying, checked to make sure that it was true. And Paul called that noble. And we know that Paul didn't even realize that the words that he was Speaking and the words that he was jotting down, or getting one of the one of his mates who was with him, one of his brothers that was helping him there, not you know, in the in the faith, brother in the faith, it was Luke, I think. Um, other people were writing for Paul, like you know, people say, "Oh, men wrote the Bible." Yes, but God's the author, and you know, like when you have a when you have a uh, business, you might have a secretary who back in the day, uh, back before now, we fumble around on a computer ourselves and waste a lot of time. But back when you had uh, someone, you know dictating what you were going to say. They'd, they'd dictate, they'd do, do shorthand and write down, and then they'd write up a letter, and then you'd check that letter to make sure. And it's the same with the Bible. The Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, which that just means teaching, profitable. And it says that the man of God may be throughly, not thoroughly, throughly furnished. And, so, and, and I think it was King David said, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it hitherto according to thy word. So it's no good going to church and thinking that you can, I um, mean, which one would you join? 
I mean, it's shocking. I mean, the charismatic movement's full of all sorts of, you know, I don't know about this, pedophilia. Oh, we heard from Samantha, um, Samantha Edwards. She was on my program. Uh, her and John Ansell. Uh, well, where was that? I think, I think we managed to get that one on. Wasn't, I don't think that was ripped off YouTube. They rip, rip all our stuff off there. You know, you know I've, I've got so many strikes now, and I've lost so many channels, it's just a waste of time. And so we're starting again on Rumble, you know, starting from scratch with 90 people. You know, and then, then I'll say something that upsets somebody. You know, if I'm, I'm a Christian, and I often use you know, words, Bible words like piss and <laughs> bastard, and they don't like it. Oh, you don't talk like that. But they're just Bible words, and I'm, I find it interesting that people are offended by me using those Bible words, they think I'm a bit of a hypocrite, but I think they're hypocrites, you know, they're trying to live these holy, holier-than-thou lives, you know, you know, and they probably their life is a mess, their family life is a mess, just go and talk to the kids and you'll soon find out what it's like at home. A lot of um, Christian, you know, I, I speak to a lot of, I mean, my, I mean, my parents, I had great respect for them. I mean, they used to argue a bit, you know, as they do, but what that showed me is that you just got to stick at it. You know, and I would have done. <laughs> I would have stuck at it. But um, no, she met someone else. Didn't want to. Anyway, won't go there in case the kids are listening. Now, um, so where are we? Oh, you don't listen to what the, the guy says over the pulpit. Take your Bible to church. They'll think you're a bit funny. But take it, take it with you and double check. And what do you do when they've got all these different versions? You know, and you can't keep up. And that's the whole idea. That's why the devil's invented them. Different versions to confuse you. So that when you're sitting in church, you think, oh, my one doesn't say that. And the guy up the front's reading from the NIV or the New International. We have the New International. Um, I think it's Kent Hoven calls it the nutty idiots version. Or oh, quarter past, quarter past six, 14, coming up to quarter past uh, six, too, by the way. And um, anyway, he, he calls it that. And so there are all these different versions. And it just sounds like, I mean, that's why people end up shutting. What's, what's the effect of that is that you just close the book and listen to the guy in the pulpit telling you lies about what the Bible says and about what things mean. And the key thing is, when they use this, this phrase, they'll give you a verse, and then they'll, they'll say, now what that means is, like for example, um, spare the rod, spoil the child. <laughs> and it means exactly what it says. You've got to belt them. <laughs> You've got to belt the little buggers from time to time. You do. Uh, boys in particular, they tend to want to push the boundary. It's all good. It's all good, but you're, you're the parent. And sometimes, you know, you can't just repeating repeat warnings, can you? Now, Johnny, you're a good boy, you know. And then they have a tantrum, you know, like like a upside down fly on the floor of the supermarket, uh, having a tantrum. And then Mum will say, "Come here, come here, naughty boy, come and have an ice cream." And so they reward them. But you know, you've got to give them a good a good um, thrashing. But what has the devil done? Through that, they've made it sound like all oh, parents. Hitting their children, that's causing, that's violence, but it's not. It's biblical chastisement. And um, I was um, beaten soundly as a child. And I tell you what, I should have got a few more. Dad used to whack me with his belts. That's why one day I bought him a belt. <laughs> I bought him a belt for Christmas, I think it was. Um, and I said, You're not allowed to hit me with this, Dad. You know, I love my father. And, I lo and those, those, I call them flippin' hidings because that's what they were. And I love the fact that he did that to me because I knew that I was loved. I knew that he cared about me. That's why he did it. If he didn't care, he wouldn't hit him. He wouldn't hit me. You don't hit them when they're naughty. And, you know, don't hit them around the face or anything like that. You know, around the backside. That's why God's given children a nice backside. <laughs> but don't hit them with your own hand. Because I'll tell you what, you could break their arm. Because when you go to smack them with your own hand, you've got to really, it's got to hurt. It's no good tapping their ass. 
It's no good doing that. You've got to actually, it's got to sting so that, that when, you, when, you, um, when they feel that pain on their backside, which just is an amazing thing how it just like corrects them. <laughs> it's just incredible, actually, because God knows, isn't he? He knows the best way. He says, um, spare the rod, spoil the child. He says, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. We won't make a liar out of God. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from them. Now, my point was, when the, now someone will say, the, the minister will say, now that doesn't mean you hit them with a rod. <laughs> oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. Why? Because God wrote the Bible for the ordinary man. He wrote it. Well, he was the author of it. In common, and now it's in common English. He says, I'll preserve my words. Didn't say he preserved the manuscripts, did he, or the language. Didn't say he'll preserve the Hebrew or the Greek or the the other. And a lot of people think the originals, the autograph, were, uh, were in Greek. Do you know there's no evidential foundation that the autographs, the original, the script, the ones they wrote, are in Greek? No, there's plenty of copies. Probably about 5,000, I think, witnesses that we have to the New Testament. But we don't really know that it was in Greek. We don't even know if the autographs of the first five books of the Bible were written in Hebrew. We don't. We know there's copies in Hebrew, but we don't know that they were written in the script. You know, the autograph could have been hieroglyphic. Why would you say that? Well, um, Moses was brought up in Pharaoh's household. His first language would have been, although although he did have his, um, his, his real mother there, didn't, didn't he? Maybe teaching him some Hebrew. Probably that's what it was. But, you know, he may have. He, he was a very skillful, I think he was uh, like a, an engineer. Uh, I believe that he was involved in a lot of that pyramid building because, uh, you know, that's what they were doing, the Egyptians were doing. And he was a pretty, pretty cluey guy in Pharaoh's household and much loved until he knocked off that um, Egyptian and then he had to run for his life, didn't he? But, um, yeah, we don't know for sure what, what the autographs are in, but we do know this, that God promised to preserve his words. And he says that in Psalms 12, 6 and 7. And, but, you know, if you read the new versions, you don't see it. It doesn't say that. Verse 7 has been changed. And uh, I think it was Gerhard Kittel. A, a father was a Nazi war criminal. He was, he was responsible for the 1936 edition of the Old Testament, for the new versions. Why would you trust a, the son of a Nazi war criminal you know, an SS or whatever he was. I don't. He was, he was a Nazi war criminal, Kittel. I think it was either Gerhard or one of them. Um, the son. I'm, in fact, I was sitting down there yesterday, just thinking, I must really learn more. Of, uh, well, I know a lot about it. I must revise so that when the things that I say, because it's all from memory, and uh, from when I did a lot of study, you know, back uh, thirty years ago, uh, thirty, twenty, and thirty years ago. Um, yeah, I must really, so that I can bring you more detail about that. Um, but Jesus, God said in the Bible, the Bible says um, that he'll preserve his words. The new versions, they take the word like corrupt. The only time corrupt is mentioned in the Bible, we are not as many which corrupt the word of God. It's a warning that men will try to corrupt the word of God. This is what Paul wrote. But it's actually the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Wrote it through Paul. Paul didn't even realize the words that he was penning or saying were actually from God, from the mouth of God. All scripture is given by inspiration. He didn't realize that. He was just writing letters. And it's obvious that he didn't realize. But then when you go and look at them and study them, oh, you know, he says, behold, I show you a mystery. Well, who told him this mystery? That we shall not all sleep. That we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, we will be changed. We'll be, we'll be caught up together with them, the ones that have come out of the grave, 
to, and will be uh, go up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's what the Bible says. That's what's going to happen to us. One day, one day, people, if we're alive, when the Lord returns, he doesn't return to uh, Jerusalem. He does eventually, but that's he comes back with us. We come with him. The Bible says, behold, the Lord returns with ten thousands of his saints. Says that in the Old Testament. So where do they come from? Is uh, ten thousands? It's Old Testament. So there's like, millions of you know all the all the Christians that have died, and, and all the Old Testament ones as well uh, that uh, that put that put their faith. People like King David, you know, and all the all the prophets and and lots of people and people all the people that have believed by faith that Jesus Christ died on that cross two thousand years ago that he was buried. And that he rose again. That's that's the gospel, and you find that in Corinthians, First Corinthians fifteen. You can read it through there. This is the gospel that Christ died for our sins. Isn't that amazing? That someone has, that God Himself came in human form, and He died for us. I just think that's that's amazing. When I realised that, I, I oh my goodness, our God has become man. And laid down his life for us. The Son of God is God in human form. That's what the Son of God is. When we say our Son, it's a different thing. We don't we don't speak in that way. I mean, I'm I'm my Father's Son, but you know, I'm not my Father. But with 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 Jesus, He said, "I and the Father are one." It says in John chapter one, it says, uh, "In the beginning was the Word, capital W, and the Word and the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word." was God. Well, what does the devil do in the new versions? Well, he's done this in the New World version, the one that the JW is doing at the door knockers. Hello, we'd like to come and tell you about um, Jehovah. You say, well, I, I, yes, well, I am. The Bible says you're not really meant to let them come in. I just talk to them at the doorstep. Don't let them come in. Um, but really, I just say, well, you know, I believe what you believe as well. If I, if I believe the, that your Bible, the New World Translation, if I believe that that was the final authority, well, I'd be out there door knocking with you. But I don't. I believe that you've added an indefinite article. In the beginning was the word, and the word was a God. And there is no indefinite article in Greek, I know, because we've studied it. I studied it for years, went to Bible school and studied uh, the different types of Greek too, and there's not just one. People say the original Greek says. Oh, it just makes me laugh. It just shows the ignorance, you know. People that, and because when they go to the Bible schools, they only teach them that there's just the one. They follow the uh, the um, international Bible. What is it called now? A um, oh um, oh anyway, the Greek text of the um, the, the New Testament. Um, United Bible Society's Greek text, and they change it all the time, and that's that's taken from. Westcott and Hort's corruptions. These, I believe, these are two Roman Catholics in the Anglican Church, and they they weren't Christians. No way, no way would they be. And uh, they were uh, unanointed by God, and not like the sixteen eleven um, uh, translators. I think it's about forty six, forty seven, maybe forty eight of them from memory. They uh, they did the translation there, and they didn't realize. Even they didn't realize that they were actually being used by God to bring all the scriptures. What a mess the Greek was in. I mean, people say the original Greek. Well, which one? Which of the 24? <laughs> you know, you've got Tichendorf, you know, which is corrupt. You've got um, uh, Beza's D, which sent to the Cambridge University there, Cambridge uh, University with a, with a note saying, here, you can use this and keep it for antiquity, but whatever you do, don't put it in the Bible because it's as corrupt as Bilio. It is just so corrupt. And here we are, Westcott and Hort in the 19th century in 1881. They came out with a New Testament, uh, the Westcott and Hort, Hort New Testament Greek. And it's full of all the old, all the variations, which were always rejected by, 
by um, the the um, the, uh, the um, uh, translators, translation committees, I suppose, people like uh, even Erasmus, who was a Roman Catholic. We're all Roman Catholic. We uh, Protestants. We came out of the Roman Catholic Church, except for the Anabaptists. They believe they were well. They were persecuted by by Rome. The trouble is that we've come out of the Roman Catholic Church. We've brought a lot of the junk with us. That's what's happened, you know. Infant baptism, still doing that. In the, I think it's is it the Methodist? Uh, uh, Presbyterians are still do that. Uh, it's just nonsense, really, isn't it? That's pagan. And they used to they used to baptize their kids, the pagans. You've got to read this book by called The Two Babylons by Alexander Hislop. Read that book, and it'll show you that the Roman Catholic system of religion is actually ancient Babylonian goddess worship, and that's what and that's what the Maoris are doing here. Uh, they all came from the Middle East, of course they did. Came on ships here, all through the, throughout the world from the Middle East, and uh, they brought all that paganism with them. And now they want to go back to it, uh, which is uh, baffling for me. Twenty-five minutes past six here at the World at Five with Grant Edwards, and we haven't done much in the way of news. It's just been me talking about stuff. And I, look, I'm sorry because I don't have anything prepared. I I'll start on something and then I'll be jibber jabbing, and then I'll go off on a tangent. And I forgot, and you know, and I just forget where I'm going with it. So <laughs> I do need a producer, and I do. I should really get organised if I'm going to do this properly, I suppose. But I, uh, I enjoy talking about those things. But anyway, the the Bible says that it's that God promised to preserve His words for eternity, not the manuscripts, not the language. He'll preserve His words, and I believe that. So where are they? New versions. They all say that God will preserve the people in first and 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 the Old Testament. Psalms twelve six and seven says the words of the Lord are pure, as purified as uh, um, you know metal or whatever it is, silver and a fire of earth, purified seven times. Pretty pure. If you do that sort of thing for a living, if you're into um, you know silversmith, you'll know that purifying things in the fire seven times, it's going to be pretty pure. Get off all the dross, and it's going to be very pure. And that's what the Bible promises, that his words are pure. It says every word of God is pure. That's what it says there in Proverbs 30 verse 5. I believe that. So where are they? <laughs> are they in the, New Test- in the new versions? No, I don't think so, because there's a lot missing, and a lot of corruptions and contradictions. But you don't find contradictions that are provable in that old King James book. And that's why, you know, and even though most, and you know, who, you know who hates me the most for talking about the King James Bible? Christians. Christians. You know why? Because it chapes their backside. Because they want, they want to be their own authority. They want to go from different versions of the Bible and create their own God. And what do you call that? You create their own interpretation. That means that they are no longer the final authority. Because it's all about authority. What is the final authority? And so and if, you, if you use different versions, you go to the Greek and you go to this one, or this one says that and that version there, and all the Textus Receptus. See, that's the thing. At Bible school, they don't teach you about anything to do with the Textus Receptus, which is what? It's just a type of reading. It's the received text. It's not a book that's got Textus Receptus written on it. It's a type of reading that um, come through the church, sort of the eclectic text or the um, Byzantian text. But it's different from this newer version, this the, these new versions which have come from and they're always in perfect condition uh, because um, they were never used no one they didn't you know they they've kept away somewhere I think um, Tichendorf found uh, one of his one of his translations in a in a trash can in the Sinai desert in a monastery and that that's now in the Bible so the new versions are all underlined by these corrupt texts which come from Alexandria Egypt 
but the King James Bible was underlined by the received text, which came from Antioch. It's an Antiochian text. And the best person, I think, to what the best thing to watch is these videos, 28 minutes past six. The best one is uh, Dr. Sam Gipp, who was a, uh, not Dennis Spackman, I was going to say Dennis Spackman, He's, he was over here, he's no longer with us, he was Dr. Spackman, um, is um, Peter S. Ruckman. He, I think he went to his Pensacola Bible Church and he learnt from him. And uh, so go on YouTube and look up this one. Of course, he's got lots of people that you know, think he's you know, crazy. And I tell you what, if you want to make a stand for that King James Bible, like, you know, if you want to make a stand for that one, not the new King James, that's a counterfeit. It says it's a King James, but it's not. It's, it's similar, but it's not the same. And the only way you can really know that it's not what it claims to be is by studying it. It's a bit like a $100 note. I mean, someone could give me one and, I, and pass it off as a real $100 bill. But a person that, is, that studies counterfeit notes, or someone that is a counterfeiter, they take one look at that and go, Oh no, no, this is counterfeit. And so, though, people, so we've, we, we, you know, I've made it, this Bible issue is a very important issue. For Christians, it is anyway. Very important. The, the most important thing for non Christians is to just, just, be, just get saved, is just ca- ca- cry out to God and just say, Look, I accept that I, I've broken your laws. I am a sinner. And, I, and, I, I, and, and repentance is mean you just like change your mind, a change of mind, 180 degrees that you just admit that you are, instead of being happy with your sin, you, you uh, confess your sins. The Bible says he's faithful and just. This is Jesus, who is God in human form. He says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And not only that, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you can trust the words. You can't trust what other people say. You can't trust what I say. And often I'll, I'll get it wrong. Uh, you know, I'll I'll misquote a scripture or something like that, and I'll get it wrong, and I could be wrong, and so the only way you can know, the Bible says that you need not let any man teach you, so that means the Word of God can teach you, and you it's it's not hard. Get an old King James Bible, very easy to read, really simple, one and two syllable Anglo-Saxon words, old new versions, elderly, uh, what's another one? Dwelling is the new versions, house, <laughs> Old Testament. Just really simple. And you know that we didn't have English as we know it today. The King James Bible is the English as we know it today. Now there's these and thou's in it, so, so what? You look at the, new, at the dedicatory at the very beginning, not a single thee and thou in it. So obviously that wasn't the way they spoke in those days, but they started to develop biblical English in England. Eop, whose rand is it? Tis thine. Uh, you know, thine, oh, eop, oh, ye. And, you know, all it is is uh, the word ye, for example, is plural when uh, they're speaking to Paul or someone was speaking to a lot of people. Ye or Jesus, ye are of your father the devil. So he knew that he wasn't, we know that he wasn't speaking to just one person because he would have said you are of your father the devil, singular. He said ye, that's Y-E-A, ye. Is that yay? Oh, ye. I think, oh, gosh, I'm hopeless at spelling. Uh, ye are of your father the devil, plural, multiple people, and even us. And so unless you're saved, unless you believe, if you put your faith, the fact that faith in Christ's blood that was shed for you on the cross, that he died, that he rose again three days later, that's three days, three days and three nights, not Friday like the Catholics believe, Wednesday night, 
he went and had to be in that had to be in off the cross and in that grave before sunset on Wednesday night because Sabbath there was another Sabbath on Thursday according to Sir Robert Anderson in his book The Coming Prince where he details the 70th weeks of Daniel and I just cannot believe that Christians don't look at that but anyway three days and then he rose up after sunset on Saturday and they saw him so it would have been right at the end of that so I would say he rose up from the grave Saturday night at sunset Sunday morning he was seen so it couldn't have been Friday when they went into the grave, because that's not three days and three nights, is it? Like Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights. And you won't make a liar out of God. And when you go and study that book, and you can see it free online, The Coming Prince by Sir Robert Anderson. Go and get that book. It's the best thing you can do. It's free, free online. You can just look up The Coming Prince by Sir Robert Anderson. Well, who was he? He was the Assistant Commissioner of Scotland Yard, born in Ireland, probably brought up in the Catholic family, became a Christian aged 19, written many, many books. Um, I think he was awarded a knighthood by the Queen for services rendered. He was the Assistant Commissioner of Scotland Yard at the time of Jack the Ripper. I don't they didn't find him, did they? Uh, but he was doing, a, doing, doing the best he could. 26 minutes away from 7 o'clock, and uh, hopefully I can get organised and get back to uh, TNT Radio over there. They're ch- chatting away. I've probably like everyone's probably all gone gone over to TNT Radio, so you can find them at TNT. That's not the explosive, you know, but a TNT. Uh, TNT Radio Live. Absolutely marvellous people, and uh, I take their news and I give them lots of advertising as well on this uh, radio station here uh, because I just really appreciate what they are doing. Marvellous and so professional and, um, and getting better and better all the time. And now they're on video all that, and I think they've got something like 45, 46 radio announcers, uh, really, and now they're television presenters. I mean, look, just to, I'll just quickly flash across there if there's anyone over on Rumble. I don't know. I can't tell. Um, they've got Dr. Mark Richards. He's a former White House physician. I mean, man, they, they interview some people. Uh, just marvellous. So he is on with uh, Mark Morano. Um, I couldn't rec- I really, and whereabouts are they? Um, Maryland. You, that's where he is, obviously. So anyway, so getting back to my boring offer. Oh, that's not really boring. Look, we've got a flyover. I've got, I found it on the internet. <laughs> and I, I downloaded the whole thing. And it's just, it goes for an hour or two, and it's just a flyover of the beautiful scenery uh, we're looking at a dam there just a second ago. Now, beautiful rivers. And it's probably all just done with the drones. It's pretty cheap now. They don't have to use helicopters like they did in the old days when they're doing films. Look at those waves going in there. Just beautiful. And I should just, I could just look at it all morning instead of talking about news. And there's probably all sorts of really important things that have happened. So, that, I mean, yeah, so I better get over and, and tell you what's going on. And uh, yeah, 24 minutes away from 7, and uh, I think we've got the weather done to death. We can have a look at world news, I suppose, for the Kiwis anyway, uh, because I think most people now, oh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know who's listening from the United States and Canada until the end of the day. And then I see, good grief, you know, and I'm thinking, far out. And often I put, have to put on auto DJ because I'm just working with the one laptop. I've got another one here as a backup, but I, I just find it's easier just to work on one. So I run the whole radio program and do all the editing and everything like that. And I used to be a, I used to do sound engineering back, but it was when you know, it had big discs and reel to reels and, you know, 48 track stuff. And, you know, it was all done with tapes. You know, <laughs> oh, I've got my tapes. Yeah. <laughs> I do a sound check. If you, can I see your tapes? <laughs> and that's how it was, you know, cassettes back in the old days. And then we had these special cartridges, massive cartridges. 
and we'd put them in and they'd play, we'd play all the songs with these big cart, they were called cart machines and we'd have buttons on this desk and I remember once I spilt my coffee on the, and the, and the, sound, the sound guy had to come out after doing the all-nighter, I was doing the ZDM all-nighter and it went from midnight till six and um, I think we had more listeners from midnight till six than they had during the day. And just in Auckland, that was. Anyway, so that was Radio New Zealand back in those days. Um, and I guess I guess it's still Classic Hits. Does that be sold? Isn't it? I don't know if it's still owned. Uh, it became Classic Hits. I was there in the, tra- in the, ch- in the changeover where we went from, um, from the ZDM All Nighter. Uh, and we weren't a proper commercial station. For some reason, they didn't have a commercial license. But they used to sell advertising. They used to sell what they call sponsorship. I suppose you can do that. And I think that it was a lesser license. And we did the ZDM All Nighter. Now, who was the first person to do that ZDM All Nighter? Uh, he passed away late last year. I'm just trying to... Th- um, Dr. Doctor Rock, they called him, I think. Um, oh, name's just gone out of my head. I'll think of it a bit later anyway. Uh, what have we got now? It's uh, 23 minutes away from seven. And we're over at... Um, uh, apnews.com and uh, after US strikes in Yemen Iran issues a warning about suspected spy ships in the Middle East Iran has issued a warning to the US over potentially targeting two car- cargo ships in the Mideast it looks like there yes in the Mideast long suspected of serving as fording operations based for uh, bases for uh, Iranian commandos that story is at apnews.com El Salvador uh, votes in presidential election that the world's coolest dictator has clear, a clear path to win. He's, got, he's a cool dictator, isn't he? Salvadorians are voting as the in the presidential legislative elections that are largely about the trade-off between security and democracy. I don't understand that. Do you, what does that mean? Um, Senegal police fire tear gas into the uh, opposition protests and election uh, delay. Senegal's police have fired tear gas at opposition supporters who were protesting against the president's decision to postpone elections uh, that were scheduled for uh, February the 25th there. And um, we've got people with their concerns over Gaza, the aid getting to Gaza, and there they are. And it's just big fences, isn't it? Massive fences. Uh, and Rafa uh, is a pressure cooker of despair, as Palestinians, they call them, so-called Palestinians, they're just Arabs, that's where they are. The first Arab was, his mother was an Egyptian, and his father was Abraham, the very first Arab. He, he was, um, uh, his name was Ishmael. He's the father of Arab nations. And the, the Bible tells us he was booted out of um, Abraham's tent because he was, old, he was the older boy. And he was arguing with um, the younger one, Isaac. And they didn't get along. And, and also the two women as well. That's the trouble when you, if you believe in polygyny, which I do, but I would never, never get involved in it because I believe it because the Bible uh, teaches it, unless you're a bishop or a deacon. But I would never do it because, for one thing, you know, people would just, uh, well, just wouldn't go down, would it? But uh, the other thing is, I mean, who could afford to keep more than one wife? I mean, <laughs> it says you're to be the husband of one wife if you're a bishop or a deacon. It doesn't say we all have to be. So we can have as many wives as we like. And I'm, I, I, I preach polygyny. Yeah, I do. Not polygamy. I don't, women aren't allowed to have more than one wife. And there's reasons for it. It's all to do with our well-being. All the laws are for our well-being. Uh, but, of course, with the Bible, isn't it wonderful? We live by the spirit of the law, uh, uh, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, verses 1 and 2. I think it's verse 2. That's what we live by. We live by, we live by the Spirit of God, and he teaches us through his word. He says um, he is the word, 
Jesus said, the word of, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So when we're reading these words on the page of our old King James Bible, we're listening to Jesus talking to us. That's what we are. It's amazing. And that's why we don't need other people to tell us. It's wonderful. I can remember um, when I was in radio, they gave us a book. It was called the, um, the Daniel Jones English Pronunciation Dictionary. Because, you know, you always say, oh, how do you pronounce that word there? And they give you, the first thing they give you w- would be a um, Daniel Jones English Pronunciation Dictionary. So you could just look at it. Well, it's no good unless you know the phonetic symbols. So I had to go off and learn the phonetic symbols, didn't I? And so I actually went and paid for someone to teach me. A John, John, um, what was his name? John. Oh, I can't remember his name. He's, he's no longer with us. He was a BBC radio announcer. And he taught me for, oh, about a year or so when I was interested in getting into broadcasting because I spoke really badly. I can tell you, I, I was a shocker. I mean, gosh, you wouldn't want to even sit and listen to me. Uh, and people, I mean, the things I say are shocking. But if I imagine if I said it with a really bad accent, oh, I, I, I can't even speak like that now. Uh, but that was how I was. And I didn't want to be like that. I wanted to, I wanted to have a sort of a, uh, a, um, a, clear, a clear voice. And so I had to learn. And uh, but so you had to learn the phonetic symbols, and it's just like learning another language, you know. And those phonetic symbols come from the Greek, you know. And so once you know those symbols, you, then you can look at a King, um, not a King James. You can look at a, um, a, a Daniel Jones English pronunciation dictionary, and you can see, oh, that's how you do it there. Oh, it's it's bay, bayo, and you can see, oh, this is, it could be pronounced this way. But and then it becomes the final authority. So we don't have to listen to all these other people. Do you say now? Do we say debut or debut? Well, look in the look in the King James um, King James. Look in the Daniel Jones English Pronunciation Dictionary, and you'll know what is proper English. Of course, people don't want to learn proper English, do they? And I'm you know I listen to my programs and I go, gosh, you pronounce that wrong. Oh, you're way off there. And I'll, I'll, I was, I think I'm saying last night I came on for a bit uh, around about eight or nine because I was testing to see how. Uh, see if I could do this transition in video for, for those few people that are on Rumble. And I dare not go over and have, I'll have a quick look and just see. There's probably no one there. Let's see. Uh, nobody there, I don't think. I, I don't even know where I am. Oh, I'm on the wrong one. How do I go back to it? Let me see if I can go back. Oh, no, I'm going everywhere else. Sit where I should be. Just bear with me for one moment. Oh, yeah, there we go. So we're in there. Oh, the, there's, see, there's five, not very many. But look, thank you very much for coming along. And uh, we've had f- 58 people have come and had, come and gone. Obviously, I'm, I'm pissing them off. Oh, you can't say piss, Grant. Well, it is a Bible word. And I think, well, why not? I say Bible words, and it's good. And it might mean something else. Um, oh, okay, look. Um, it's uh, uh, Ilana Moss, is it? What is it? Ilana Moss, that's an interesting name. She says, if you could check the comments once per hour, then more people would watch on Rumble, would they? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, really. I mean, Rumble's, I mean, I mean, it's actually, I suppose, what have I got? I've got no other choice. Uh, But, you know, the stream, most people listen to me on the stream. If I go to the stream, far out. Yeah, I mean, they're all over the show. It's frightening. I don't want to look at it because then I get nervous, you know, that there's too many people listening. I'd rather just a few, you know, two or three. <laughs> too many people. So, yeah, okay, I will. I will check it. There we are. Once per hour, then more people would, um, they would watch. And they would, uh, yeah, okay, that's a good point. Uh, I will I will try and do that. I'll try and come across. But I've got so many things open. I've got so many folders. I had to get my son to organize a decent computer for me. We've got one of those uh, gaming computers. So that's what I use now. It's super quick. Uh, but gosh, if it packs up, I'll be using an old slugger. 
So hopefully that doesn't happen. Now my coffee's going cold. It's 15 minutes, uh, 16 minutes away from 7. At 7 o'clock we'll have TNT Radio News for you, brought to you by the wonderful people there at TNT Radio. And sometimes over the weekends we take a bit of, um, and actually during the day too, we take a bit of news from Sky News, and that's all pre-recorded there, pre-recorded news. Uh, because sometimes, yeah, because I haven't really, I'm not that organised, but I, I, just, I just love uh, TNT Radio. I just think that if you want to know what the heck is going on in the world? That's the only place that I know of. GB's okay. Um, Re- Reality Check Radio here. Well, I don't know. Are they controlled opposition? I don't know. I've heard all sorts of things. Haven't you know? They were all pushing. They were all pushing for Winston Peters. Uh, apparently, the people behind that didn't say anything. They knew about um, uh, Barry Young, the whistleblower, a senior whistleblower from the Ministry of Health, who released all the data, and the, our media. Uh, slandering him and uh, you know telling telling us that he's just a bad person, you know that people's privacy and all this sort of, but they're all um, anonymized, and the, the data and he's been trying to show people he can't live with himself any longer. People that are getting that jab are dying, and it was something like I think it was in uh, Invercargill, something like twenty five percent in one clinic, twenty five percent of those that got the jab are now dead. And got up to thirty percent, and obviously with different batches in different parts. So you know, lots. I know lots of people that got the jab, and you know they're still alive. But you know, one one thing I have noticed is that lots of people that are jabbed, and most of them, most of them, my friends, is because they had to, because they had mortgages, and that's why they do it. They say, "Oh, it wasn't, um, it wasn't uh, compulsory." Yes, it was. Yeah, if if we didn't do what we were told, and you use businesses, you bastards, and it's a Bible word, so don't be annoyed at that. Those bastards used the um, employers, they frightened the living daylights out of them because they knew, that they, they knew that they were going against the Bill of Rights, forcing us to take a medical intervention against the Bill of Rights. You can find it at legislate or legislation.gov.nz. It's the Bill of Rights, 1990. And it says you're not allowed to, we, you cannot force anyone to take a medical procedure uh, or experimentation, which is exactly what it was. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, Podbean is good. Yeah, that's um, Elanimous. She says, I also listen on Podbean. Yeah, so by about half past, half past eight this morning, I'll have this this program, which will be terrible this morning because I haven't done any news whatsoever. So we've got no idea what's going on, do we? Although, yeah, I guess you can read it. We've all, we've all got phones, you all know, but I don't know. When people are driving, most people listen on the apps and they haven't got time to watch watch it, but um. Yeah, so you can go to Rumble and you can watch it. But all you're looking at is seeing a photograph of me and Jacinda today. That's me there when I had a beard. Shocking, isn't it? When I look at it, look all grey down the bottom there, all grey. But I've got my T-shirt on, New Zealand uh, NZL, which is what? New Zealand Loyal. And uh, there we are. I've got my cap there and I bought my T-shirt straight away. And, um, you know, I've never heard from Liz Gunn. Never heard a word. I've, I've written to her a couple of times, never, never written back. Just busy, flat out. I don't, I don't hold that against her. Uh, but uh, I do support Liz Gunn. I think she's the only honest party, and I believe that though that and you know and and I, obviously there's electoral fraud in this that's going on in this country as well. That's why I think the Billy Tika Hicker didn't do as well as I would have expected it to do. Um, I do believe it. I don't. I can't believe for one moment that all those I think it was 17 electorates in the South Island, 13 or 17, I've got 17 in my, in my head, it might be less, they voted for Labour. And that just doesn't happen. And people say, oh, that was to keep the Greens out. Oh, that's rubbish. It's nonsense. They, they just don't do that. 
And uh, so I think there was electoral fraud going on there. And when she won, it was, you know, 50%, It was a bit like, you know, the 2020 election when uh, Biden, this old flippin' invalid, uh, beats Donald Trump. I mean, he was streets ahead. He's, he's the president. 